at 8am. What's up, guys? It's Joe. This is Jordan. It's the AM shift. Uh, what's up, man? Nothing much, man. It's been an interesting August. Yep. Uh, well, one, you know, I want to, I guess I should apologize to the shifters here. Uh, it's been a couple of weeks, I think, now since we've uh, been able to release an episode, and that's mainly uh, due to, pretty much all due to me, <laughs> because uh, I was uh, working on a short film, uh, and right. it's just been like... St- sucking up a lot of my time and i guess now we're around the last week of uh, august here so um, hopefully you guys are still listening <laughs> and you're getting this episode so i just want to apologize for uh, the bit of uh, inconsistency but my schedule just got a little bit crazy with my actual job <laughs> and the right, work right. i was giving myself by doing this short right. film but uh, uh turned out good yeah it's yeah. good to hear um so Presumably, we're going to try and drop this around the same time as the last episode that we had recorded. Yeah. So, so if, you're, if you're listening to this, then you already know that there's like a, you know, a special like back to back option. <laughs> so you get like two episodes. Two episodes. Two episodes. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> uh, more 8 a.m. shift. That's what the people want. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, so anyway, uh, while I was, uh, shooting this film, well, what were you up to, Jim? Oh, man, I was dabbling in different TV shows. Um, oh boy. unfortunately the ADD in me has, uh, you know, made it difficult for me to commit to a show. I right. think I'm solely going back to Better Call Saul. Ooh, you, see, you know, I still need to start it, man. I've been dying to start Everyone's it. been I'm saying happy. that, like, seasons three and four are arguably better than Breaking Bad, which right. sound... Like insane to me, but I'm like, I can believe it. You know, just the, the quality of what they're creating is really, really high. Right. So there's that. Um, I took a I took a look at two episodes of Succession. Um, I, I I was digging it. I watched like maybe the first three, I think. Yeah, I the two first two episodes are really kind of tough for me to watch, to be honest. Yeah. The, the episodes are a little bit long. So. They're definitely a little long, but I think. Uh, so, like, I think, and I don't know if I mentioned this on uh, one of the previous episodes, but like going into Succession. I didn't realize that Adam McKay and Will Ferrell were involved. Mm-hmm. And I think that was like a pleasant surprise for me. Like that, the 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 comedy that's sort of like interweaved throughout the whole it's thing. It's not as comedic though. It's like very, it's actually it's like. It's dark, but it's still it's, funny. Yeah, it's very dark, but it's very dark in a way that, um, like whereas, I, 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 I was saying it to a colleague earlier that I feel like with Succession, it sits in between like Arrested Development and Billions, right? right. And I've never really watched billions that much i've only seen a little bit of rest development but the right. concept of like a guy trying to take over his family um his family's business that is right, right. and you know you know at the and run it the way that it needs to be ran right i think kind of like is like something that you know you see in arrested development i think the the financial um or like the business pitfalls are you know something you see in something like a billions right right the thing though is that like they'll say something that's very like deadpan in succession. <laughs> yeah. And it's not even that funny. But you know that there are people that actually live their lives. Like right, this. right, right. You know, like there's this thing I think, um I, I like there was something in the first episode I didn't really quite catch. So like they pay off like a like a Latino family for like their for being a part of like Oh, the, right, right, right. The uh the baseball game. The yeah, baseball right? game. Yeah, and right. I didn't really quite get like the whole like like what that meant, but like looking back, you're like, oh, it's like some type of pretentious rich person thing to like give back to like a 
right. you know, minority. But it's even like it, that scene sort of sets up uh, Culkin, Kieran Culkin, which whatever Culkin's in, <laughs> like his mm-hmm. character a bit. He's a really weird dude in, right. in, in uh, <laughs> Scott Pilgrim versus the world. And it also sets up uh, just sort of how uh, their father sees each one of them, right? Because that's like that moment you get like kind of the whole family together, how they all sort of interact together. And then you see... Um, why am I blanking on the the the, the 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 actor who plays the dad? I love him. I can't. I'm, oh, I forgot his name too. It'll come to me. But anyway, uh, you see him sort of like watch his kids and like, and you see like sort of how he uh, how he sees them. Like you see them through his eyes right, in right. that scene. Which so it's 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 an important scene. But yeah, I get it. it it's like. If you don't understand the dynamic and like what's going on, like I could see people being very like put off by that. Yeah, you know, and, and and like a lot of critics calling this like the best series of like the summer or whatnot. Oh, are know? they? And I'm, <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I think it's cool, but it's 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 obviously the type of show where like the last like 15 minutes kind of sucks you in a little bit more. Right, right, right. Which I mean, it was a very similar experience I had with the leftovers. Right. Which is why I never watched season two of the leftovers. Oh, it's so good. You I know. I really should. It. I know. I'm not, I'm like a fake TV head. You go ahead, <laughs> shit on me all you want. Right? Yo, you ain't you ain't finished all three seasons of leftovers. No, I didn't because I I got up to the I got got to S two episode one. And there was that whole thing with that weird uh, the cave the cave people and my my HBO go kept freezing so I was like you know what <laughs> and I you're like I'm done it. with it I was like I'm just gonna go back to rewatching Sons of Anarchy <laughs> you always go back to Sons <laughs> of Anarchy right. uh, did you see that uh, the actor who plays Opie in Sons of Anarchy was just cast in The Walking Dead yeah I heard about yeah. that uh, which I think is cool for The Walking Dead too bad the show is sucks now <laughs> yeah well that's another show that like i need to go back and watch the last season before like seeing what happens now i mean like there's so much that happened and you know i think the walking dead is a great example of um what happens when you don't really have like an end game for it right right for a series and you know i think some years back uh the president of amc if there was like if it's if it was a different president or whatnot i don't know right but they had mentioned that that the state they saw the series going on forever and i was like well, you know that's what he said about the comic book, like in his right in right. the opening of the first book, uh, like the prologue or whatever. Yeah, um, Kirkman. Kirkman says like I I'll write this forever as long as the people want to keep reading it because like I feel like these are just human stories and it can go on and on and on and then like it ended obviously, but I was it ended only recently actually. Right, right. But I was like Jesus. Yeah, <laughs> like, I mean forever. I, I respect AMC though in the sense that they they hey, mastered listen. they mastered the spinoff really exactly well. fear. Uh, Better Call Saul. Right, right. Um, I tell you what, I'm dying to watch. Which uh, so I had heard amazing. So I guess the original teaser blew me away. Then I heard a lot of good things, and now a good friend of mine is watching it. So I need to hop on uh, the Terror. Oh yeah, AMC show. Apparently, production value looks incredible, right? Yeah. Uh, But I hear the performances are amazing. Like cinematography is really good. So that's a spinoff of Titanic, right? (laughs) Yeah, man. (laughs) Yeah. It's it's a it's actually a prequel to Titanic. <laughs> Sorry, prequel to Titanic. There you go. <laughs> uh, um, but yeah, no, I mean AMC is they they definitely you know they know what they're doing. And listen, if, as long as Walking Dead's getting the numbers, like why would they want to right, right, right. kill that show? There's no, there's no point. But yeah, I feel like Walking Dead was like the show both uh, liberals and con- and conservatives uh, were able to both agree upon. <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, I mean, like. I personally think like you get maybe one or two good episodes a season now, and mm-hmm. then you're pretty much just watching a lot of filler until then. Um, so 
you know, what I do is I tend to, like, I fall off and then I'll catch up. Like, I'll, I'll do, like, a, a binge of, like, two, three seasons. That's kind of how I've watched The Walking Dead from the beginning. I watched the first season through, and then after that it was, like, stopped watching, binge two seasons, stopped watching, binge, like, another two seasons. Right, so. right. That uh, so I'm I'm behind like a season and a half or something like that. And right. I'm sure I'll, I'll watch it in like another year or something like that, like on Netflix when I got right. some time. Um, what else do I need to watch? I need to watch Ozark. Ozark's great, man. O- yeah, o- Ozark, I, and you know I I hear like mixed things about it, but like there are a lot of people who I've heard season two from some critics. I haven't right. I haven't been able to get on it yet. It just came out. I think right? it just it's coming out in the next few days. Yeah, I was gonna say it's. Uh, it, I remember checking it hadn't it wasn't released yet so yeah I think it's coming soon but um I'm 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 hyped for it man yeah. it it scratched that breaking bad itch which I guess better call Saul could do also right but. right um and also I watched a few episodes of Claws season 1 Ooh yeah what how was um, that man I have been wanting to check that out So too. a lot of people in close proximity to me love it right. um women really love it um Right I I know like further uh, deeper into like, both seasons they dive more into the mythology or, or maybe not mythology but the actual setup setup and structure of a lot of the characters right. Right, who you kind of get um you know you kind of get introduced to in the first two episodes that right. are just like here and there some of them have like weird personal lives some of them have like weird um, situations personal situations or you know or situations that are less than like um, you know less than conventional right. I admit, though, that the the camera work and some of the actual I don't know, dialogue was a little rough, right. in my opinion. Uh, I definitely think they took a huge, huge, like, uh, page out of the Breaking Bad notebook and kind of ran with whatever they had. Right, you right. Know? Um, but what I do like about it is that it does explore that kind of, like, Florida pill mill mm-hmm. uh, subculture, um, the vapid... The vapid Florida wasteland. <laughs> you know, it, it does a good job of kind of capturing the wasteland that. that is all of Florida. <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, my main, uh, the main reason I wanted to check it out is because uh, the cast. Uh, I know the. Again, apologize for like not remembering anybody's names right now, but. Uh, and the lead actress who was in like Reno 911 and stuff, I like a lot of her yeah, work. She, yeah, she's pretty funny. And <laughs> but even uh, the the lead from Run Lola Run, like great film from the night. She's she's in the, she's in Claws as well. I remember right. when I saw that, I was like, oh wow, like I really into it. So like I feel like the cast is kind of drawing me into it. Yeah, I've heard similar criticisms to like the, that to what you've said. So um, I'm a little on the fence, but I think I'll uh, I'll check it out at some point. Yeah, it's hard to commit to TV shows now, man. This is probably why I was going back <laughs> too to many of them. Yeah, that's why I was going back to movies for a while yeah. because uh, you know it was just easier to watch. Listen, a movie. Movies will always be the saving grace, Jordan. Yeah, no. I know. <laughs> just stop watching them on the train on your phone. <laughs> Speaking of a movie that I started watching on the on the train, I watched uh, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas recently. Oh boy, it's a kooky movie, but I love it. I've loved yeah. it since uh, I saw it when I was pretty when I was a teenager. Yeah, visually it's really, really, uh, really good. Plot's a little, a little thin. Yeah, it's always been that way. It's a very much um, like a Terry Gilliam experimental. Like, yeah, which, I mean, most of his films are kind of that way, but yeah. that more than some. Yeah. Um, or more than some of his others, but I've always I love Benicio in it. I love uh, 
Uh, Depp's good. It's like one of his better. Yeah, that's not, uh, yeah. You're right. That actually yeah. was one of Depp's like better, better roles. Yeah. Um, and there's just like kind of great cameos throughout the whole yeah. movie. Like a like, lot of a lot of actors pop. Toby up. Toby Maguire. Toby. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Toby Maguire is such an interesting one because it's like he just after Spider Man really ruined his career. <laughs> it kind of did, which sucks because those first two are great. But um, but what's crazy is that you know Topher Grace is still. I mean, still he's still doing, yeah, he's still doing it. Even though he he played one of like the like the most questionable iterations of Venom <laughs> on screen, right? Well, because he was, you know, he wasn't. He's the movie was so bad, one that they just don't really tie it. Like I feel like sometimes people forget that he even played that role. Uh, that Topher Grace played Venom in that, right? Um, but you know, Tobey Maguire was tied to three films, so it's like you can't. And now he sort of got the same issue as. Um, What's his name? Harry Potter. It's like you can't really see him in another role. I don't know. I feel like, but I feel like what uh, was it? Ratcliffe, Daniel Ratcliffe. Daniel Ratcliffe. Like yeah. I feel like he, he, he's definitely been doing things, and he's had his own issues. Like I think he's had some like uh, there's one alcohol ep- problems and stuff like that. I didn't watch it, but there was one movie where he's like a cop, like he's like a street <laughs> cop, and I was like, what? <laughs> he also has one where he plays like you know. an undercover skinhead or something. Yeah, like right. That. Um, like, there's um. I mean, even I mean, hey, look, Rob Rob Pattinson had that problem too. Uh, he, but he he's definitely gotten out of that. He's a dope actor. He's bro. an awesome he's actor. Dope actor. I gotta say, Robert Pattinson came out and like really like because I was hating on him, dude. I'm not even gonna lie, man. I was like, you know, <laughs> these Twilight movies suck. He's not a good actor. And then and he hooked up with Twigs. <laughs> You were like, okay. All right. He was like, okay. All right. right. And uh, he started doing it, and they, bro- they broke up with Twigs, unfortunately. <laughs> but, you know, he was kind of like, you know. No, like, all right. Uh, no, but, man, he, he the guy really turned his career around, man. And he, he knew, you know, he went the independent route. He knew to do a lot of these, like, he did some smaller roles, but, like, started getting just, like, a lot of recognition from, like, reputable filmmakers and stuff like that. And the guy's, I think he's, you know, He's gonna be working for a long time now, doing a lot of good roles. Like I, I, I see like Oscar nominations in his future. Right. Yeah. I mean, I feel like the same turnaround that DiCaprio made in like his, his right. career. Yeah, I feel yeah. like Pattinson is going to that now. But Tobey Maguire, if you're listening to this, uh, please holler at us. Joe will absolutely put you in a movie. Oh, of course, man. <laughs> Listen, Tobey Maguire is not a bad actor. He no, just, he's not. He just he... kind of got like he remember him in like Cider House Rules stuff like that. Like he's a really good actor. He's just got locked down in that Spider-Man realm man. Yeah. <laughs> he can't get out of right now. Um, and I, I think some of it's personal stuff. Too. Like, we don't know all this stuff, but I think some of it has to is personal. Like, maybe yeah. you know, people don't want to hire him for reason. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I guess speaking of movies that we watched. Here we go. Um, so I think you and I both watched Crazy Rich Asians. Yes. <laughs> Uh, we had a lot to say about it. I know I had a lot to say about it. I know I was speaking to a lot of uh, friends and colleagues whose opinions I value about it. Right. Um, a lot, especially a lot of uh, uh, Asian American ones. Um, I think my my sentiments echo echo theirs very similarly. As an Asian American, uh, I think uh, it's worth having that conversation on the eight a.m. shift just a little bit right. if we can. Yeah, um, no, I agree. Listen, the film. Is being spoken about a lot, right? And and it's important, right? Because it's one. I think it's a film that people should see and should be supported, right? It has an all Asian cast, but it's a 
primary, basically an American production. Right, like, right. You know, that's it's a toss, but it's kind of a toss up for any film now. Like Mission Impossible is like a Chinese co-production too. So, so like, uh, the Meg, <laughs> the Meg too, right? <laughs> the Meg is hilarious because like. <laughs> It looks like a like if you look at the quality of like the yeah. way the 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 and I didn't even watch the movie. I'm just talking about no, no, but trailer, I, know, trailers, I know exactly where you're going. It, with this. it looked yeah. like like it came out of a Chinese studio, mm-hmm. and the fact and even the beach scene where they're in China, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, okay. I mean, the whole thing's like off the coast of China, yeah, but no, right. but uh, <laughs> but I, I think you know for a film with an all Asian cast in English to be released in the United States with. A pretty big release, right? Like uh, it, it's playing in a, a, f- a decent number of theaters. Um, you know, it, it's yeah, it's a, it's an important film. Like it's it, whether and I know like the big conversation has been it's an important film, but like is the film good? Um, and that's a conversation that can be had, but in the end, it's still important because of because of the change it could potentially bring. Yeah. It's funny because, like, the way you're, like, kind of, like, trying to find the right words, I feel like that's how people felt when, like, the the, the female Ghostbusters came out. <laughs> you know, they're like, I'm not I'm saying... I'm bumbling. You know, like, or, or, like, the female Ocean's, Ocean's Eleven, where, like, right. you, you know, I support women, but, I mean, critically speaking... Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> well, the funny thing is, is, like, when we first spoke about it, right... I'll give you, like, my honest opinion of the film. When I first saw the trailer for Crazy Rich Asians, I was like, I don't know if this looks good, right? Because right. the trailer, for me, the, the trailer almost felt like a music video, right? It was like all this flash, like, they're right, rich, right. they're Asian, like, this is what this movie's going to be. And I was kind of like, this is going to be rough. So I was going in with low expectations. Uh, but I was going to go see it, I was going to support it, because I was like, it's still an important film that I think, you know, if we, if the studios see these films can make money, then right. there's more chances in the future. Right, right? and now we're going to get an Asians trilogy. <laughs> That'd be dope. <laughs> um, so anyway, uh, so when I went in to see the film, man, I actually thought it was better than what I felt it was going to be going in. Right. So I actually had a pleasurable experience seeing the film because I didn't go in with high expectations because I didn't like that first trailer. Listen, there's some really cheesy moments. <laughs> there's some bad writing at points. But then there's also some really, really entertaining moments. There's some good writing at points. And I like Aquafina in it. I'm just saying, man, I know Aquafina's been, you know, a point of discussion for a lot of people, but I thought she was really good at it, man. I, I, to me... Uh, we spoke about this off mic. I kind of—I don't know her personally, but I just kind of felt like just having seen her in interviews, having seen her work, I just kind of felt like it was her being her, and I think it works for the role and for the film. Yeah, you know, it's funny because I admit um, when the initial controversy on Twitter erupted, I had a hard time. I, I had to be flat out with my like my girlfriend that like it's, I'm a little biased just because you know I'm in the same circle as like. Aquafina, like, right. like you know, we both know Salima. Right, right. We had a documentary that had featured Aquafina in it. Right. Um, and friends with J. Key, like, so I'm gonna I admit there's a little bit of a bias there, but I think, um, you know, when I watched it, you know, it didn't really, I didn't find it as troubling. Right. I think um some of the language that I've heard on Twitter in regards to her performance was a little, you know, it was a little um unwarranted. I think I also think, um, and this is something a good friend of mine pointed out, was that most people don't really think about um, 
Asians and their place in like urban culture. And right. we don't, when I say urban culture, I don't necessarily mean like hip hop culture. I think right. people kind of conflate those things, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, urban culture in terms of like city and like city life. And now, does hip hop culture overlap with that? Is that a huge part of it? Absolutely. Right. So what you end up adopting or what you end up like doing or what you end up mimicking um, may not be very conscious, you know? And that's right. something that I mean, you, you can, you can, I would, I wish the, the criticism was framed that way where it was just like, you know, she, she's she's entertaining but there's a level of like there's a lack of self-awareness at certain moments right, right. like that uh, that would have been a little bit more uh, you know that i would have been a little more understanding about right. you know because i do think sometimes people like uh uh you know jump into like these uh criticisms without thinking that you know maybe sometimes a person isn't always self-aware um you know they kind of framed it at like the crit- criticism on on twitter framed it as if like aquafina was doing like neck rolls like nonstop and just like being over the top and absolutely not and it wasn't it wasn't <laughs> even like that at all and you know like i i only say that i i understand like what they were doing with their character because like you know i have family that probably does stuff like that right behaves that way I, I know it sounds like they're there's this kind of like thin line where like that them that i'm caught that they're caught crossing where it's like they behave that way it's like right. no, no, it's not, i'm not saying that in a negative way i'm not saying that in a way that's like out of character it's just like you know, they grew up around other Asian people that, you know, adopted those, like, you know, or maybe, like, that was, like, what their perception of, like, being, like, a sassy New Yorker was, and, like, that's kind of, um, you know, that's eventually how the, it came about in social circles. Right, but the thing is, is, like, these are just different parts of Asian culture, right? Like, there are people of Chinese descent who were born in New York and, like, just basically, you know, grew up like speaking that way speaking like alcohol like I, I don't i have no problem with that because she's just depicting a version and you know like anybody can be that there were two other characters in that film that i could see as problematic not aquafina right like that, that would definitely at least i saw like i felt like we're playing up on a stereotype right. i didn't feel like that was happening with aquafina i just felt like she was being sort of natural to herself and there are Chinese Americans from New York who sound and dress and look and act just like Aquafina because that's the way they grew up, right? Like that's like telling me to not sound the way I sound. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. I just don't get it. Well, I mean, I think the the critique is also aimed at the like once again, it's lack of self self awareness, right? Right. I think people don't realize what the condescension, the condescending attitude one has to have in order to be like, yo, you should talk this way, you should sound that way, right? So, like, that's something I want to just put on the table for anyone that hasn't put that under the microscope. Like, right. the condescension of, like, why do you sound like that, right? Without actually asking the person or actually questioning it or questioning it in a way that is more progressive or, you know, conducive. The other side of it, too, is that, you know, on the side of the people that are, quote, unquote, like, you know, appropriating or however you want to contextualize it. It's true. Like, there's a level of appropriation that probably did happen, right? And they maybe, maybe they did grow up that way. Maybe they actually experienced it. Maybe they watched it on TV. Maybe, like, the reality is that people adopt these things because they find it as, a, they use it as a way to, like, fit into certain social circles, you know? And, like, I think that's something that we have to, like, like, I think personally, like, a, a lot of people need to really think about what that looks like. Now, I understand that, like, not everyone is born black. And, you know, obviously what you go through and the circumstances right. that you're going to face as a black person in this country are obviously um, much more, like, uh, 
you know much more magnified right, right? and that and then in that case i I, emp- I empathize with it right but if you're just if the critique is just like these kind of like you know like this diction or like this kind of like these these smaller issues that like to me are almost like you know like there are like come from a lack of self-awareness you gotta have to dig a little bit deeper you know um if you're gonna critique aquafina for anything critique her for not being at like a you know a march for lives rally critique her for you know not being at a you know you know something that was like anti-police brutality like those are things that i think are a little bit more like um reasonable in the sense that like you know like in terms of like critiquing the allyship versus that critiquing like a performance in a movie right i mean i just personally i see it as like this is one of these moments like in this in the the aquafina case here like as far as like how she's depicted in the film which like i said i feel is like just herself but this is one of these moments where you have to pick your battles man absolutely you know what i'm saying absolutely like uh, i'm sorry man like i i i I didn't see that character and think appropriation. You know what I'm saying? I just saw her, I saw her playing that character, and it was just. And I, I, I agree. Maybe I'm gonna see it differently than someone else, but I, I, I just don't think that this is the film or the role that you want to pick that battle. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. It, it's just it doesn't make sense, and to be honest, it just like it goes against like what the film is trying to achieve, right? right? So if anything, uh, I would talk about. The Ken Jong character, or something like that, which oh. is yeah, I love Ken Jong personally. Like as a, I like him too. But it's like, but the character in the film but was a little problem. Characters that he's also right. Did. <laughs> Some of his other characters, of course. And if anyone is listening to this that wants to get that wants to get mad on Twitter, watch <laughs> Hangover. Oh, one, we... one, one through two, one, <laughs> one and two in particular. Three, I'm pretty sure, is like probably just as bad. But right. but watch the Hangover trilogy again and tell me that. Like if you were not if you were raging on Twitter now, but you weren't raging right, back, back then, then. Like, yo, trust. Like, there's a reason why we're looking at crazy rich Asians. Like, right. yo, this is progressive. Right, 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 right. Right. It's because like, yo, Ken Jeong was really relegated to being like this weird effeminate. Like, he was like a crime boss or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At some point, he becomes a crime right. boss. But yeah. like, it was just the whole like, if you think if you want to use words like minstrelly, right, and really be offended, go back and watch Hangover. Hangover was one through three. Right, and and well, that's what I'm saying. Like, listen, I saw him in, in in Crazy Rich Asians. I was like a little like, ooh, that's a little rough. But in the end, obviously, it's way worse in, in what he's doing in the Hangover. And like, at least, and it's not even him. Like, it's what they asked him to do in the Hangover. But um, just like back to the, you know, going back to Aquafina. Like, I can't. I don't understand why people would like pick on her rather than like some of those issues that were you know like the Ken Ken Jong or the the actor who played her brother in the film I felt like they were they I, that was a little bit I felt like that was an over the top depiction right uh and it bit you know they had those characters playing a bit of a stereotype yeah so I don't know. Uh, leave Aquafina alone is what I say. <laughs> I, it's funny. So I saw the movie because uh, we shot um, the short film up in Vermont. So I was still up there. So I saw uh, Crazy Rich Asians at uh, the Nugget Theater, it, like next to Dartmouth. Oh, so you went to like the whitest, theater. the whitest theater <laughs> you could think of. The the whitest theater. Insert. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, but I, uh, it's funny, I mean, they love the movie, man. Like, a lot of people were like, 
you know, cheering at you know certain part. The wedding scene, forget about it. Like people, are, well, you know, the the like the friend of his the, his cousin's wedding in the yeah, movie, yeah. and it's like this grand thing, and like people were ooing and eyeing, and like so, so well, yeah. I mean, they sold you on like the ornate wedding. Like I, I think that was like the funniest part is that um the one thing I said after the movie was, I really hope. People are like, this is a barometer. Yeah, like, I know, right? Live, you know <laughs> I was thinking I mean? the same thing. Like, oh, don't you guys want to have, like, ornate weddings in the middle of Singapore? Like, uh, no. <laughs> Absolutely not. No, you know what I mean? <laughs> um, but it, it was funny. And Aquafina got, you know, a good response, obviously. But, and I guess, they, you know, well, of course white people loved it because of what they were doing. But listen, man, like, if that movie, if people are going to turn around and be like, hey, you should go see this movie... I personally am like, that's a win, man, because you want to know what? Now, the next film that's proposed with an all-Asian cast, people may, you know, the studio can act. Because, listen, in the end, the studio only cares about money. So they don't care who's in it. They don't care. If it's going to make the money, they're going to they're gonna make the film. It so. brings us one step closer to a Chinese cop land. Uh, we could all dream, Jordan. <laughs> uh, first off, Chinese cop land. Ken Jong is the captain. <laughs> no, I love I, it. I had, I, had, I, had, I had my own like dream cast, and they're like uh, a mix of like uh, classic dudes from like the earlier two thousands. Like um, it would be Chinese and Korean Copland because like I'd probably be based in a place like you know Bensonhurst or like Flushing. Right, right. You right. know, um, you know, I wanted, I really wanted Sung Kang to be in it. <laughs> you know, like he'd be so awesome. Yeah, you know. Uh, just like a, like a weird, even a mix of like of unknowns or like 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 Chinese actors from China. Right, right, right. right. You know, um, I'm a huge fan of. Um, it was uh, this movie called uh, Triad Society. Okay. Uh, Quentin Tarantino is a huge fan of it, and it has like a lot of Tarantino. Not surprising. Yeah, a lot of Tarantino <laughs> elements. So, um, in, in Chinese, it's, it's translated roughly to like Hakseui, which means like black society. So like right. in China, all crimes are committed in the dark. So like organized crime is called like like a black society or dark right, society. Right. And the movie deals with, you know, the the Chinese mob in like, uh, I think like Hong Kong or, whatnot, right. Right, or Kowloon. And my vision was always like, if you had some of the actors from that, you know what I mean? And you, you let it take place in a place like New York City. That's or right. You, you know I mean? like, <laughs> and then like, you, you kind of add in all those like, um, how is this able to persist in the industrial sector? Right, right. And then like, you start, it becomes a something about corruption, which I know in, Infernal Affairs kind of dealt with. Right. Um, but I always wanted to see like a very like American take on that, and I feel like which I feel like is like it's a, it would be a great American story because it's like it happened here, right? Like stuff like that, you know. It might be too derivative, though. I mean, if you might look at it, be like, this is just like The Departed. <laughs> look out for. I really, I really just wanted like a great scene. Maybe, maybe Ken Jeong is in it, and he just has like his Harvey Keitel moment. Uh, I'm telling you, dude, Ken Jeong's got to be the captain. He's just very like soft spoken. <laughs> Give me a badge. <laughs> you blew it. You blew it. You blew it. You blew it. Um. Anyway, so back to we will go back to. So crazy rich days. Like I said, uh, I wanted to support the film. I, I and I and dude, it was a packed theater, middle of Dartmouth. Bunch of white people going to see it, and I thought, you know, I was like, this is a great thing because like, the, if the film makes enough money, then the studio will feel comfortable about taking risks on more films like this. And I and I think they should because not every story has to, you know, involve a bunch of white people. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, there's plenty of stories out there. Yeah. But, you know, they got, it's got to, you know, studio's only going to do it if it's going to make money. So. Right. 
I guess also on that note too, um, one thing that you and I talked about the other day was how there were movies that were made in the past. I think Better Luck Tomorrow is a great example a good of that. example, yeah. Um, I know Joy, Joy Luck Club, which there's some been criticism about it. I think a lot of people, and there's criticism for and against it. Right. Um, I think I just look at it like it was made in a different period of time. Right, yeah. yeah. But I think Better Luck Tomorrow was a more um, modern iteration of something about, you know, like basically, you know, Asians in suburbia that were raging, essentially, right. you know. Um, and I think he says it in the movie, like, you know, I wanted to be like uh, Al-, Al Pacino. I didn't want to be like, you know, I don't want to be a, like a Harvard grad or anything right, like right. that. And I know it doesn't really get the same accolades because it was an indie film, and but it it, it gave people careers, you know. Yeah, it's like, true. I mean, like I just mentioned Sung Kang. Right. You know, he's been in a lot of movies. Uh, Justin, Justin Lin. Justin Lin, and, yep. You yep. know. Uh, so, yeah, like I think we've never really went, entered that, that world again. And I think the reason why is because it's not really it wasn't really feasible it's not really considered sexy to the rest of middle america right you know um and then there's even movies that kind of like hint at that world a little bit but they the focal point is you like a you know like the white male like gran torino is an example and i know you often say that like gran torino is like really kind of like a shitty movie altogether yeah (laughs) (laughs) i mean i still like it but it's a pretty bad well i mean the subject matter is not necessarily like terrible but it's like insanely pretentious and racist you know yeah and it's just poorly written and most of the actors are pretty bad in it (laughs) but but you know um but yeah like i think uh like you know we've never seen like uh uh, you know, like the the flip side of it, and I saw that the outline, the web the web publication, the outline had an article called. It, basically, they used the word the phrase "crazy broke Asians" in the in the title. <laughs> right. And my 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 thing was that I I was like, yo, thanks for putting that out there. The thing is that we have movies like that, right? You know, but they never really get the same type of like um, spotlight. You know? I, I had mentioned a film uh, the other day. Um, Takeout. Takeout, which was Sean Baker, who's seen a lot of success with uh, Florida Project and uh, right, Tangerine, right. but that's like one of his early films. And I remember seeing that in a the- an empty theater with like my brother and another friend and like loving that movie. But, and you know, it's a, but it, you know, not many people want to see a movie about, you know, a Chinese immigrant delivering takeout in New York. Yeah. But, you know, it you know it just shows another part of, you know. Yeah, my fantasy movie was to do, like, a movie about a takeout guy who's, but it becomes, like, taxi driver. Oh, man. So, like, he, he <laughs> like, you know, he has lives a very terrible life and then eventually, like, flips out. But once again, no one's going to watch that because, I mean, the whole, even the, the stereotype of an angry like Asian male who's been like even even that rhetoric right. is controversial in the Asian community. Right. I think even Taxi Driver itself, um, you know, it was like you know, it's you know, it's like he's I mean, he's clearly racist, right? Like right. Uh, De Niro's character. Right. Uh, he's like a I think I believe he's a Vietnam vet too, so he has like this level yes. of PTSD in it. So, like even that at the time was kind of uh, it, while it was like um, I guess feasible for Americans to understand. If you were to take, like, a very similar concept of, like, you know, someone that got trafficked over, right. dealing with their own PTSD issues and, like, struggling in America, it's very difficult for Americans to want to, like, you know, sink their teeth into, I think. Um, right. I mean, I would, you know, I think th- those are actually poignant stories. Um, uh, even, like, my brother did a short film uh, about, 
it was supposed to be about uh, the Chinese, like the people that collect cans. Right. You know, and you see these in a lot of neighborhoods in New York City. Yeah. And, you know, like, you know, he never turned that into like a pilot for anything. <laughs> right. And I know that's not the only movie that dealt with, you know, the can people of like Flushing, New York. Right. But the reality is, is that like taking these stories, these real authentic stories, is really, really difficult, and it's really, and especially for the big screen. Even for like Netflix, it's kind of difficult. Well, to really... I mean, think about it. It's become hard enough for like white people to get some of these movies made in terms of like a lot. You know, it's a harder and harder for somebody to make an independent film, right? The studios are not backing a lot, getting funding for these movies. Right, so right. it's hard enough. For, you know, the people who usually don't have an issue getting money <laughs> to make a film. Right. Think about how hard it's got to be for, you know, uh, you know, African-American, Asian, Hispanic filmmaker that's trying to right. get an indie film. You know what I'm saying? Like, right, right. The money's just not there. Um, I should also mention just because uh, Sean Baker is not the only director of Takeout. I just want to put that out there. It's uh, I may butcher this, so don't look at me weird, Jordan. Shi <laughs> Ching Su, or I think is the name. But, okay. um, but anyway, that was Takeout. I just wanted to give credit. I was ready for you to be like uh, Gary Chang. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> You're that much of a meathead, Joe. You want to know what? <laughs> I give you the same look when you uh, <laughs> mispronounce Italian things. <laughs> not, Ch- not th- Chaz Palminteri. Uh, not that I would say it any better. <laughs> also, I mean, I'm not just Italian. <laughs> Let's put that out there. <laughs> um, Jordan, I'm very amused. Yeah. Uh, no, but yeah, just back to the subject. I, I, you know, there are. You know, it's just getting harder and harder for those films to be made. So, um, and I would actually argue that because of the success of, say, like Crazy Rich Asians, and even like mm-hmm. honestly, Fresh Off the Boat. Someone pointed this out to me some right. years back. Was that Fresh Off the Boat deals with suburbia as well. Right. It's yeah. easy for a lot of people to understand. Yeah. So you take that, you take Crazy Rich Asians, it's almost like the narrative you might be getting now is just like, you know, a- a- Asian middle classity, right. you know, um, or upper classity, if upper you will. Upper classity. So, <laughs> you know, you look at other, uh, these trials and tribulations, like one of my friends, uh, Evan, Evan Jackson Leong, you know, he's he's still working on his movie, uh, Snakehead, which mm-hmm. was, a, which, you know, was loosely inspired by, um, the real life incidences in the nineties and uh related to like human traffickers, like Chinese human mm. traffickers who were trafficking people into New York City. Right. Right. And that's what a snakehead is. If anyone if anyone wants to go Google up Google the term snakehead, right? But, you know, the thing with, you know, the Chinese underworld is that even that, you know, not everyone's willing to like embrace that if it's not like, you know, say like Boardwalk Empire. Right, right. You know? Uh you look at people that collect cans, that's another one. You look at the delivery people, which is directly tied to the snake, the world of snakeheads. Right. Um you know, I could go. I could go on. There's also um, what was the other one? There's another one. I'm. You know, there's also happy endings. Happy like, endings. You know, yeah. like these are all like um, like legit stories. And the reality is that it's hard for. It's it's hard to really like. You would need to do a TV series that just kind of expands upon that world. You know, but right. um, and because of that, because of um, oh, also, uh, Duke Way, right? Like, gam- there's this term for like. Uh, people that gamble, right? Mm. Play. Um, yeah, people in the park that like something you see this in Bensonhurst, you see right, this in yeah, Flushing, yeah. you see this in Chinatown. Sometimes they spend the day just like gambling or whatnot, mm-hmm. right? Um, even if you look up 
the history of uh, Silo, Dice, right? It's a Chinese game initially, right? right. Um, and then rappers co- uh, appropriated it. <laughs> See, hip-hop, hip-hop, talk about, <laughs> about hip-hop, cultural appropriation, Silo, Silo, take that, right? Um, it was uh, also, um, there's, there's people that they do is they, they get those vouchers to go to Atlantic City. Right, yeah. They go to Atlantic City for a day, and, like, they're essentially homeless, but, like, they just do that all day. Right. You know, so this, this like, the, those subcultures, right, those, like, uh, really depressing stories that you hear like these are people that don't have family here they don't know where to go and you know like how could you how can you, you i feel like a martin scorsese if he was a if he was chinese would have had an amazing would have definitely been able to create create great narratives about this. right right but unfortunately we're still not quite there as far as like a a, a chinese chinese american scorsese that's willing to take those narratives and make it in a way that you know is you know uh you know, like that would drive people to go come out and watch it. Right. You know, and I, I wouldn't even necessarily say it's not there. It's just like I said, you just don't have people willing to take, you know, the risk of putting money into something like that. And that's why going back, you know, I don't want to sound like a broken record, but something like a crazy rich Asians being successful in theaters will maybe open some of those doors. That's the thing. I don't see that being the movie like i really feel like there's but gonna be you, there's something that needs to happen that's a little bit more yeah um, but you gotta say it, it's gonna start small like uh, it sucks but like it's gonna there's gonna be like a ripple effect so what'll happen is if this movie makes money then you're gonna start to see a few more movies like it right that are coming out and the ripple so slowly start to get bigger and as that audience grows like that that are willing to open up and watch these films, you know, by Asian American filmmakers, then you'll see the studios take a little more of a chance. Oh, maybe I'll give this independent filmmaker that has this like really dark story an opportunity because there's a market there for it. Right. But as long as the market's not there, no, they're never going to put the money into it. And right. it's the same, like I said, it's um, not as rough for, <laughs> but it's the right. same for, you know, a lot of filmmakers are running into that issue now. So, like I said, whether we want to see it or not, no matter what you think about the film, and like, yes, right? They, it's crazy rich Asians because they knew that would put like asses in the seats, right? It's showing a part of life that everybody's like, ooh, ah, I want to see what this is. Right. But in the end, if it, if it if it gets more people in the theaters watching movies by people they normally wouldn't have watched movies from, you know, mm-hmm. but if that makes sense, <laughs> I'm bumbling, but. Uh, it's gonna, it's gonna, it's just gonna open more doors, man. Uh, right. I, I, I just personally see it that way. Just like having, like you know, you know, loved <laughs> film and right. watched and studied it for a long time. Like I, I just think that you know, the more, the more money it makes, the more doors it's gonna open. That's all I'm saying. Right. And uh, to be honest, I, I guarantee you, we see like a crazy rich Asians. TV spinoff at some point. <laughs> I, I guarantee it. Right. Guarantee it's going to come. If right. if the movie makes, and I think it did pretty well, right? The opening yeah. yeah. If it makes enough money, you're going to see like a TV spinoff or something like that. And that'll just slowly get the ball rolling to other things, man. Yeah. And yeah. I think you kind of saw it with, you know, in the 90s with, you know, uh, what people considered like urban films, right? Right, right. right. And then, but... As those were more successful, more people wanted to see them, then other people got opportunities to make different things, right? Yeah. John Singleton's, like, career, right, <laughs> was, right. you know, he, he made 
um, boys in the <laughs> poetic, poetic justice. justice. He made boys in the hood, right? And now you know, guys doing freaking Fast and the Furious movies. Right, <laughs> yeah, right. he's opened a lot of doors for himself. So, yeah. and obviously, more doors need to be opened. But um, yeah, it ta- it 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 takes its time. It sucks, but it, it takes time. Right, and right. I think something like a crazy rich agents is going to start opening some doors and you know what like i said i enjoyed the movie a lot more than i thought i was going to it, it's it, you know what if the movie was like a complete turd i would have been like whoa yeah. why no no <laughs> but, but it wasn't uh, right i came out enjoying the film for the most part i, I had some issues but you want to know what it's like a dime it does there's a million movies i go to see that i'm like right. oof that script was so you know no movies above critique but uh i enjoyed it yeah. and, I, and i and the audience i was with enjoyed it and i think that's gonna hopefully lead to to more opportunities for right. more uh minority filmmakers asian filmmakers what have you all right so I guess that's uh, our episode on uh, Crazy Rich Asians. Crazians. But yeah. Yeah, uh, that was a, a good one. Uh, another one in the bag. Uh, again, sorry guys for yeah. <laughs> making you wait so long for an episode. But if you hung with us, thank you. Yep. If you didn't, screw you. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Come back, please. Uh, all right. Yeah, just shift us out. Peace. Peace. It's 8 a.m.